And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Friday, December 17th. Michael Beller and Derek Van Riper here with you to talk through the Week 15 DFS main slate. This is an interesting one, DVR. I, I feel like I say something of this variation almost every week, but this is a truly unique slate. We have not seen anything like this from a total standpoint, from all the COVID issues that are going across the NFL right now, from just the number of games, with the fact that obviously we have our usual primetime games plus two games on Saturday taken off the board. I mean, just a whole lot of variables going into this week, and we're going to talk through some of the uh, unique parts of this slate that are being being uh, seen because of that yeah what a mess uh there are things that we don't know right now like more things we don't know right now than usual as they affect sunday's games i think one of the biggest surprises is some changes to the covid rules and protocols and some players that previously might have been ruled out based on how things are being handled aren't necessarily out just yet and we'll know a lot more by the end of the day saturday based on my understanding of all the rules changes if guys are not activated from the COVID list by, I think it's four Eastern on Saturday, they are not going to be eligible to play on Sunday. So clarity is at least a full day away, and I expect chaos throughout the day on Sunday. All right, let's leave the COVID stuff to the side for now, because bottom line is we don't know what's going to happen between now and that deadline that you referenced. And then with that deadline that you referenced, you know, that's still 21 hours before games are actually kicking off. So we're going to have time to go back and rebuild things if we need to. So let's just leave that to the side for a second. Even if this weren't part of this week's main slate, we still have a couple of unique things happening. First of all, DVR, the highest total, the highest total game, on the main slate this week is 47 and a half, which is a huge outlier already. And that game has a 12 and a half point spread. It's Cardinals and Lions. So it's not like we're expecting a back and forth, you know, sort of what we saw with the Chargers and Chiefs on Thursday night. This is a game that only has its modest 47 and a half high total because of one team expected to get you know, 31 on its own. And so this is just going to be a, a really weird slate in that way. And then we can also see it trickling down, especially to the running back position, where the highest priced player is Najee Harris at $7,800. Then you've got Joe Mixon, 72, Ezekiel Elliott at 73. And those are the only guys who are above 7K at the running back position, DVR. You take that, you take the fact that there might not be very many, if any, high scoring games, at least as we know them in the DFS world. And I, I like I don't even really know exactly where I want to start building. I think some of the the answers are going to reveal themselves once we get clarity on injured players, right? Putting the COVID stuff mm -hmm. aside, if you look at the running back position, even in the six thousand dollar range, as we record on on Friday, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, James Conner, DeAndre Swift, Eli Mitchell. Uh, and Javante Williams all have a questionable flag right now. Now, clearly, like we'll know something about all the maybe all those guys in the next twelve hours, and that'll say, yeah. okay, well, 
if if Connor is actually not going to play, then maybe we make a pivot there, right? You can you can kind of find the easy free squares based on things like that. But let's just assume that even some of those guys who are expected to play go, those guys don't all have great matchups. They don't all have consistent week-to-week performance track mm-hmm. records. So that's not necessarily a group that you feel good about. Harris has the most expensive running back on the board. I don't love that. The Titans are bad against the pass. They're actually not that bad against the run. So usage is good, but the price isn't right. So I'm not really into Najee Harris this week. Zeke Elliott, man, his his knee just isn't right. Like I no, no interest. I don't want Zeke. Even though the Cowboys should win that game easily, I don't like Zeke that much, especially at 7,300. So he's kind of off my radar for cash games, even though I think other, other people want to play him. Joe Mixon on the road against Denver as the the like the primary RB one for cash builds. I don't know if I'm necessarily in in love with that either. Like I, I think that could be kind of an ugly low scoring game. You know, I, mm-hmm. I worry about the Bengals offense with, with Joe Burrow's hand and, and his health. Like there's just questions around every single corner. Uh, even Antonio Gibson, who I talked up, I think it was just last week because of his recent usage. He's coming off a dud against Dallas. He only had 12 touches last week after going over 20 in each of his previous two games. Like I had, I feel like I've had a better grasp of what I wanted to do every single week this season. <laughs> this is the most difficult week so far to even put together the building blocks that you truly believe in. And running back is probably as problematic as it's been all season, at least for a Friday. Well, for all those reasons that you just ran down, to me, DVR, like the, the the linchpin, the centerpiece of my lineups is going to be either Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams. I mean, those are the two most bankable, superstar producing players that we have this week. And I don't know if that necessarily means you want to run it back with Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford. And maybe it does, but you've got Cooper Cup at 9K. You've got Devontae Adams at 8,900. And those are the guys. You know, I'm looking at them the way that we look at Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey in a typical week. I think that those are the guys who step in as the true alphas regardless of position this week and that's where I start that's if I'm if I'm starting with finding one player my, my if I'm checking a box the high price player who I think is going to give me 25 plus points it's Cupper Adams and then I go from there yeah I think that makes sense you can afford to pay up you know 8900 for Adams or 9k for Cup when you're probably looking at a bunch of running backs in the 5k range that will end up having more value than expected maybe even some 4k guys depending on just how mm-hmm. bad all the final information ends up being for some of these guys. There's also some weird potential game scripts. I mean, I, I just I wonder like that Lions game. Can the Lions, if DeAndre Swift were to play, and maybe this becomes a moot point sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. if DeAndre Swift plays, are you excited about him at 6,300 because T.J. Hawkinson's now gone too? Like they are so thin. It's like Amon Ross, St. Brown, Josh Reynolds. And DeAndre Swift are going to get 90 yeah. percent of the targets <laughs> if they're all available. I mean, they that's should. That's a big target share. Plus, oh yeah, he's a running back. He's going to get a bunch of carries too. So I think DeAndre Swift, once he comes back, if he's still priced in that 6K range, whether it's this week or in the future, is actually a guy that I'm really excited about until they at least jump the price up into the 7 plus K range. And that might not really happen this season. I would I would imagine that you would have to see at least see one game back at about this price point before uh, you would see DeAndre Swift's price jump. And I don't know. I mean, like you said, this could be moot uh, by time anyone's listening to this or by time you're actually building your lineups over the weekend. But DeAndre Swift hasn't practiced all week. It, it's just hard for, and he didn't practice at all last week. It's hard for me to believe that he would miss. I don't think he's actually practiced. Period. Even a limited tag since he suffered the injury against the Bears on Thanksgiving. 
And so it's hard for me to believe that suddenly he's going to get in like a limited Friday practice and then play without practicing for the, you know, almost three, four straight weeks. That just feels very unlikely to me. And so, you know, like, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I look like you, you listed all the issues that we have with all those running backs. And so you, like I look down and I see Miles Gaskin getting activated for this week with a great matchup against the Jets. He's sitting at 5,600. James Robinson freed from the Albatross that is the clown of Urban Meyer. He's at 5,400. You get those two running backs at a combined 11K. I mean, I assume they're going to be popular. I'm totally okay with that. And as you said, like it's very easy for me to get behind a Miles Gaskin, James Robinson, Devontae Adams, or Cooper Cup or tr- Cooper Cup or Cooper Cup trio as the first three guys who I get into my lineups this week. Yeah, I think the other surprise could be the return of Michael Carter. It looks like mm-hmm. he's going to be back, and he's probably going to have you. You're not going to bring him back and only use him a little. You're bringing him back because you want him to be the focal point of your offense and you're trying to fix this team for the future. It's, it seems yeah. like for guys like Carter and Swift on bad teams, when they come back, if they're back, they will play a lot because there's no you either keep them on ice until next year and you just say, yeah, your season's done, you're important, You know, we don't want to mess you up, or we need you out here doing everything you can do so we can actually take a step forward next season. With the Jets, at least, and Carter, it seems like it's the the... the the latter sort of description. 4700 is a good price. Usage could be fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's just weird being excited to play a guy. I mean, I agree with you that Urban Meyer being gone is addition by subtraction for the Jags as a whole. It wouldn't surprise me if they won this game and it actually just looked like a different team because it sounds like the environment he was creating was just miserable for everybody involved. Yeah. And James Robinson... It just seemed like there was no consistency with how they used him, right? If there was a fumble, it was like, well, he was just he'd just disappear, and yet he'd come back and and have a role the next week in many instances. But we've had what one, two, three, four. He's had four games this season with single digit carries. Do you think that happens again <laughs> over any of the remaining games this season? I mean, it uh, seems like so obvious no. that that Daryl Bevel would say, hey, James Robinson's getting twenty touches a week. Like we don't have yeah. enough in our passing game right now to afford to go, you know, 80% through the air. Like we have to give James Robinson opportunities because our team's just not that good and he deserves it. He was good last year. Like what why why wouldn't you want to give him touches? He was the RB6 in half point PPR fantasy leagues DVR and that was a year that we had a pretty good running back health. Like he did not get to RB6 by default. Uh we had very good running back health. We all remember the year that Alvin Kamara put up last season, Dalvin Cook with the monster year that he had Aaron Jones scoring 20 touchdowns or whatever it was. And there was James Robinson right in there as the RB6, Derrick Henry, <laughs> having the monster year he had. It was, this was not a default sort of season. He was very good last year on a 1-15 in 15 team. He was very good. And so I, I think that this is going to be the James Robinson show in Jacksonville for the rest of the season. And this is going to be the last time you get him at 5,400. And like I said, he's going to be popular. I don't think this is – this is not the sort of situation where you fade him because of the popularity. I think this is going to be because of the price that he's at uh, that you almost need to have James Robinson. As close as you could come to needing to have James uh, – to having a player on your team, I think that's where James Robinson's going to fall this week at the really, really soft matchup. That's just a bad run defense, one that you can – really get going against really any running back we've seen it week after week after week this season so I love James Robinson in this spot and I love the price point that he's coming in at looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk about quarterback for a second, only because we really haven't talked about it very much other than my oblique mention about pairing Rodgers with Adams or Stafford with Cup. Another weird week at the quarterback position. Herbert, Mahomes, not on the main slate. Guys that we like in the cheaper range, such as maybe Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields with the way he's running, not on the main slate. Tom Brady, not on the main slate. Uh, this is going to be uh, an interesting week at this position. Then we've got Lamar Jackson probably not playing. Jalen Hurts maybe not playing. Josh Allen going to play, but do you trust him at $8,100 at less than 100%? Kyler Murray sitting there at 7900 but it becomes hard to get him in there if you do want to build around Adams or Cup. I mean... Even with all this value we're finding at running back, I still find myself gravitating toward the $6,000 range quarterbacks. Yeah, I weirdly want to play Jimmy Garoppolo as my yes, cash game quarterback. I mean, right it's, <laughs> Atlanta's defense is just horrendous, so it should be pretty smooth sailing. I know you're not likely to get anything close to like a 30-point game from Garoppolo, but we're looking for low 20s. At 5,800, I think it makes sense. Part of it's just the, the shape of the position this week. You know, Paying up to get to the very top is tough if you're going to spend up and, and put Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup in there as your most expensive player. So uh, you start looking at all the questionable tags around a bunch of guys at that position too. I mean, I, I guess the, the more expensive guy that I'm always thinking about because of ceiling is probably Jalen Hurts. I mean, uh, what's yeah. your interest level in him with that whole matchup against Washington? I would love Jalen Hurts, actually, as long as I know he's playing, um, which we will know before we have to set our DFS lineups. I guess I would be a little bit concerned about the fact that everything he does is on the ground, or the reason we get excited about him is because of what he does on the ground, and we're talking about an ankle injury, uh, but a full per practice on Friday. So I think that we can feel pretty good about Jalen Hurts. Maybe not a smash the button, absolutely yes, no doubt about it, just because of the ankle injury, and what if it's a little bit weak, and what if it gets rolled, yada, 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 but... I think you can basically feel good about Jalen Hurts as a go-to play at the position this week. Yeah, that's that's an easy thing for me to want to do, and I, I think you can throw him out there without actually even putting a pass catcher with him because of so much of the production coming from the ground. If you you were going to play an Eagles pass catcher, Dallas Goddard yeah. maybe at fifty three hundred at tight end, if it would that mm-hmm. would that be where you most likely want to go? If forced to, yes, but I would. Pro- I'm probably staying away from it. Yeah, I'm probably what's actually what's what's Devonte Smith at? Let's just, I mean, he's at 6100. Like, yeah, that's that's too much. That's too much for Devonte Smith with the way that offense goes. When you could be looking at so many different guys. I mean, D- DK Metcalf this week is down at 6200. Brandon Ayuk's at 6300, and I love San Francisco against Atlanta. I'd feel good about pairing him with Jimmy Garoppolo. Brandon Cooks is at 5,800. Davis Mills has been a boon for him. Van Jefferson at 5,600. If you're trying to pair someone with Stafford and go cheaper than Cooper Cup. I mean, it's nothing against Devontae Smith. There are just so many other guys right in that price range who I like better. Yeah. So it would be Goddard, but if I'm playing Jalen Hurts, I'm probably playing him alone. Yeah, it's definitely not necessary. I mean, I think the the mid-range receivers this week are, are pretty interesting again. I'm, I'm still, even with the issues they're having moving the ball through the air, Jerry Judy still underpriced at 5400 uh, I can't do it. I can't you do can't it. can't do it? I can't do any Denver pass catcher. Come on, Jerry Judy at that price. You're not doing that? <laughs> I mean, look at what Jerry, look at what he, he's at that price for a reason, DVR. Yeah, I mean, that's probably more of a tournament play look just these, given the struggles they're having. Yeah. But, but Christian Kirk, I think, might be the, the biggest winner. I think everyone's going to get a little bit of a bump in the Arizona mm-hmm. offense. He's underpriced at 5,300. So I think he's one of your core plays from you know a cash game perspective. Uh, Devontae Parker 
at 4,300 against the Jets. That is a fantastic value. I mean, I think we talked about Tua earlier this week. When we were talking about Survivor and the way he's been playing since coming back from that injury a few weeks ago. I'm in on Devontae Parker at that price because <laughs> Jalen Waddell is among the players in the COVID protocols right now. Maybe we find out Waddle's playing too, but even if they're both out there, mm-hmm. even if they're both out there, you can play Parker at that price in that matchup. Yeah, I don't think you're going to have to worry about seeing Jalen Waddle this week. Um, you know who you mentioned, Christian Kirk. How about A.J. Green? 4900 for A.J. Green. I think he's really the big winner. And thank you for saying Christian Kirk because I had completely forgotten about A.J. Green. I think he steps in and is really the go-to guy for Kyler Murray. I, I think that is an easy, easy guy to like this week. Super weird pattern for him. One target that yeah. game against the Bears two <laughs> weeks ago. Then he got 10, mm-hmm. seven catches for 102 yards against the Looked Rams. good in that one, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they both get bumps. They're both playable. Uh, take your pick. Uh, if you want to pull off a cheap stack and, and stack up Murray with two of those guys, you could certainly get away with that this week and, and find value uh, with a few other spots. But uh, this is a fun week, even though there's chaos, because you, you do have some cheap <laughs> options that balance things out, that get you paths up to some more expensive core plays. I, I just think it's it, it's strange to look at guys like Miles Gaskin and James Robinson and Jimmy Garoppolo in a cash game lineup and, and say, yeah, I feel good about like, that. Yeah. I think I made the right hell choice. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, this is this is what I'm talking about. Let's go with it. And that, you know what, DVR? I think there's a lot of value to it. And that's just, I mean, that is this season and that is this week absolutely wrapped up perfectly and put a bow on it, which is appropriate for this time of year. We're going to put a bow on this show as well. It's going to do it for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Have yourself a great weekend. Good luck with everything you got going on. DFS, betting, fantasy, whatever it might be. Good luck. Happy DFSing, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.